0: and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation.
1: We got we to do better from 1 to 14. You know, we got to do better as a whole entire team. You know, that doesn't fall on the coaches. They had us well prepared. We were, we were great for three quarters. We, no one talked about the coaches until the fourth quarter came along. So that's a player-driven player loss. We didn't have the integrity nor the discipline to get it done. So
2: Ooh,
0: there's more where that came from, from Carl anthony Towns after a Wolves meltdown last night. This is Reckless Speculation Thursday. We're going to bring our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson in. We've got some fun who-says-no trade ideas and old tweets exposed. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company, who recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. As a business owner out there, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips? Industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. Uh, if there are if there are risky things that your business put like like do your employees use ladders? Do they use company vehicles? Think about the things that um, that could be a risk. Well, MyShield has resources to help your business with safety training, risk management plans, employee handbooks. You name it. Go to FederatedInsurance.com and click on MyShield to find out more, or just download the My Shield app. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com.
1: We gotta play like a playoff team. We gotta have that pride, that integrity. We gotta you know, if we really wanna do this and we're up by 10 going into the 4th there's no there's no reason that they should even make that lead come back. If we say we want to be this team, we gotta go from 10 to 20, 20 to 30. Starters come out, bench comes in. F that. We gonna bring it up to 40 to 50. It has to be a killer mindset with all of us coming in. There can't be no 10 point lead. All the games are if we win. No, that's not that's. This is NBA. 10 point, 20 point leads ain't safe. You gotta keep growing them. T- keep the momentum on our side. Play defense. Offense will come. No matter if you're hitting. Yes, Jimmy Butler
3: is celebrating somewhere right now. He's got the champagne, the thousand-dollar bottle of champagne out. He's drinking from it. Where has that been for five
4: years? Crease from Cobra Kai. Jimmy Butler is Crease from Cobra Kai, <laughs> and that is Johnny Lawrence realizing finally that. So, Cat so is Johnny Lawrence. Cat yeah, jo- is Johnny. Lawrence, and you know
3: what's think, next yeah. for Cat? I ain't ever gonna win here.
0: Oh God. Not, so, we're not there, yet.
3: we're no, not there yet. No, but we're seeing the steps here, right? Well, this is what from, happens from with this pass, franchise. From passive to aggressive to aggressively pursuing a new destination. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and that's where they need to start figuring their their ish out. He'll yeah. be a great clipper.
3: <laughs> He'll be a fantastic clipper.
0: <laughs> Welcome in. It's Mackie and Judd. It's a Reckless Speculation Thursday. Reckless speculation. And uh, that means we bring our friend who's plugged into the local sports scene inside information about your favorite local sports teams. Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. Apple, Spotify, Scornart.com. Doogie, we got a million things to talk to you about, but uh, that was a crappy loss for the Timberwolves last night. But if the consolation prize is, wow, Carl anthony Towns is just You know, a lot of things happened in his life this year, and he seems like much more of a leader, and I think that sort of killer instinct speech that he gave after the game last night, I actually find that to be a positive, but what are your thoughts on what the hell happened last night?
2: 80 points in the paint should never, ever happen. (laughs) By the way, you know why Jimmy Butler is popping the champagne bottles right now? Tyus Jones is his guy. Tyus Jones Mm. had a good game last night. Memphis down, it's two best players. No Ja Morant. No Jaron Jackson Jr. The Wolves were up 12, and all of a sudden, it was a minute 20. The 12-point lead went to four. They lack toughness, and, I mean, that's my opinion. I think a lot of people that have watched the Wolves would would formulate that opinion, but I can also tell you, internally, there are people over at Mayo Clinic Square that will tell you on background. I doubt that they would attach their name to it, but they will tell you on background that this roster is broken, that this roster still needs all sorts of work, That they need toughness. That's why they continue to pursue a trade for P.J. Tucker. But like last night, Juancho Hernan Gomez playing all those minutes was was head-scratching. Ricky Rubio. Now, I'll give Ricky a pass. He had COVID-19 during the summer. He doesn't look to be in great shape. But then don't play him. Jordan McLaughlin has been a game-day deactivation. And I get it. There are some limitations. He's on a two-way contract. But he's been a game-day deactivation for five consecutive games. Jordan McLaughlin can play in the NBA. Give him a chance. I would give Jalen Noel a chance. That doesn't solve their their issues at the power forward position, but there are certain things I would do. I would play Jared Vanderbilt more. He played 14 minutes last night. I thought that they would win. When they were up 12, I did not foresee that bunch of, of Grizzlies, minus their two best players, making that sort of comeback. Cat has been phenomenal. Cat, guys, is playing like he wants to be back on an all-NBA team. He's only made one all-NBA team. Remember, after the 2018-2019 season, Rudy Gobert got a spot. Cat did not. Cat lost out on $32 million in bonus money attached to his contract extension if he had made all-NBA consecutive years. He's uber-motivated right now. He is engaged on defense, but last time I checked, it's not one-on-one. It's it's five-on-five. Five. And the rest of those guys, D'Angelo Russell, had a bad fourth quarter last night. I mean, you start looking back at that trade. I'll just tell you this much. If the Wolves, whenever the draft is, when's the draft? August, it's not going to be, you know, like traditionally in June. Whatever it is in the summer, late summer, if the Wolves end up giving the fourth pick or the fifth pick, a top-ten pick to the Golden State Warriors, that is going to be a train wreck. And Russell was was the alpha on a good Nets team, if you go back a couple years, the Nets started off eight and eighteen, ended up vaulting up to the sixth spot, albeit in a in a weaker conference. But he did lead them. Now he had some good pieces around him, but he was the main piece on a playoff team. But I think that was the outlier. I think we're starting to see more and more that you're not going to win at a high level if D'Angelo Russell is your second or your best player. You, at what point is Ryan in trouble? Well. I'll tell you this much, Judd. I don't say this lightly. My strong sense is internally, the idea of a coaching change has come up. I don't think it's gotten to the point of, of Gerson calling Glenn Taylor. I don't think anything is imminent. I also don't think they have a logical candidate in house. Now, Glenn Taylor told me on my podcast going back a few weeks that it's when not if David Vanterpool, their associate head coach, their defensive coordinator will become a head coach. He's interviewed. For many jobs. So I think that's probably right. But the body of work we've seen so far, it's about eighty something games, right? Seventy-two last year, ten or eleven this year. David Vantropel is their defensive coordinator. This team doesn't play a lick of defense. So just from what I've seen, you cannot make David Vantropel the interim head coach. I also I'll fully admit my bias that that I have a personal relationship with Ryan that, that I'm I'm rooting for for his well-being. But I also think it's fair to give him a chance, even though I just laid out that that I'm not sold on D'Angelo Russell being the second-best player on a good team. But I think it's only fair to give Ryan a chance to coach Cat and Russell for more than, what is it? It was one game last year, the Toronto game. Then it was the Detroit game to start the season, the Utah game. Then it was, what, the first Spurs game and last night. So what is it, five games total? He's had five games to coach Cat. And Russell together I want to give Ryan a sustained run of of coaching those guys together before I start calling for for Ryan's head but last night I'm telling you playing Juancho Hernan and Gomez all those minutes that was ridiculous there are things Ryan has done that don't make sense to me but I'm not anywhere near the point of, of calling for Ryan's
0: yeah head. and I get that they're only 11 games in and so they're they're trying to mold new systems they're trying to mold new lineup combinations and D'Lo and Cat have only played, what, like four or five games together since the acquisition last year. And so there's there's a lot of... And it's of-
2: the youngest team in the league. I mean, there is something to be said. Youngest team in the league, inexperienced playing together. But then the comeback is, look at the team that, that they played last night, yeah. that they will play again tomorrow night. Memphis, uh, look at last year, the run that Memphis went on with John Morant leading the way. That was a very, very inexperienced group, a very young group. So there are instances where teams with with youth, with, with inexperience, can make a run. And oh, by the way, this is year, what, six for Cat in the NBA. It's year six for D'Angelo Russell. Ricky Rubio is playing, even though he shouldn't be playing as much as he is. But Rubio's been around forever. Ed Davis has gotten some run, even though I'm not even quite sure he's an NBA player at this point. But he's been around for a while. They are playing, guys. Malik Beasley is on his second contract. I mean, they have guys and have NBA experience. So I'm not I'm not totally buying the, the inexperience uh, excuse.
0: But the, to me, the, the biggest red flag to me through 11 games, and it was on full display in the fourth quarter last night, the main idea of bringing Ricky Rubio in was leadership and he can help unlock D'Angelo Russell to get him to that next level. Because if you look at lineup combinations and how they worked or didn't work at Ricky Rubio's last two stops, Doogie and Judd and Declan, His best two-man lineup combinations, when it's Rubio and blank, Rubio and blank, right, was Donovan Mitchell in Utah, combo guard, scorer, and Devin Booker in Phoenix. Ricky Rubio helped unlock the best of Devin Booker and the best of Donovan Mitchell. Basketballreference.com this morning, per 100 possessions, the Rubio-Delo combo is a minus 24 and a half per 100 possessions. Like when you put those two guys together through eleven games, the game goes sideways almost every single time. It's oil and water, and I don't know if it can be fixed. They might have just whiffed on the
3: idea. Ricky of Ricky looks Rubio. awful, though. Too he looks absolutely lost out there. I mean, he looks he looks like he's cooked, which to me is shocking.
2: Like, well, he looks he looks yeah. out of shape, and I I don't want to you know go all in on on slamming Ricky because. He did have COVID. Like, we don't know. Even though it was in June that he had COVID, are there some some lasting effects even here six, seven months later? But, yeah, I mean, certainly when, when you lay all that out, Phil, some of it is we're not seeing the, the Utah Jazz Ricky Rubio. We're not seeing the Phoenix Suns Ricky Rubio. And, oh, by the way, D'Angelo Russell isn't Donovan Mitchell, and he's not Devin Booker. Correct. Those two guys are marketedly better than D'Angelo Russell.
3: Yeah. Hey, on Gerson, um, there's, you know, when when you look at the construction Dukes of this roster, it certainly has its problems. But let's focus on the four. Uh, there is nobody, as far as I can tell, to play that spot. Like they're trying to rotate guys through, and they're trying from Ryan's point of view to do as good a job as possible. But you often, I think, get more failure than successes there. What is the plan there? Because I don't think there's anyone actively on this roster that can play that spot on a full-time basis right now.
2: Not on a full-time basis, but I would give Okoge more run at the four, as goofy as that sounds. But I just think his effort on defense, like think about that first game, you know, some of the some of the issues he presented for, for Blake Griffin. I just think of the options they have. Give me Okoge, even though he's he's tremendously undersized. I would play – Vanderbilt more, but it goes back to to Gerson pre-draft, then draft night. So let's go through the list. He swung and missed on on trading for these three guys: PJ Tucker, and there's still interest. I'll continue to say that we've talked about PJ Tucker for weeks, but there's still interest in PJ Tucker. But he tried to trade for PJ pre-draft draft draft night, didn't work. Aaron Gordon of Orlando, all right. Larry Nance Jr. of Cleveland. Then he tried to sign free agents: Derek Jones Jr., who went to Portland. Jay Crowder, who went to Phoenix, Paul Millsap, who re-signed in Denver, Jamichael Green, who went to Denver. Those were all guys that Gerson did try to make a move on, and unfortunately, he swung and missed one after another, but he realizes he needs to bring in a power forward. I can just tell you, they've been talking to Houston. They've maintained dialogue with Houston. I'm positive that that if, if like, for example, if if, James Harden went to Philadelphia, not Brooklyn. That, that my sense is the, the Wolves were, were maybe trying to be a third team in, in that sort of transaction. That there were other three team transactions that were discussed. It wasn't just, and it ultimately was a, a four team transaction with, with Indiana entering the picture, but, but with Cleveland entering the picture yesterday, I think there were other scenarios where, where Cleveland wasn't going to be that third team, where maybe Minnesota could have been that third team. But bottom line, the Wolves are going to continue dialogue with the Rockets, seeing if they can pry P.J. Tucker out of there.
0: Yeah, I think like you mentioned, uh, I can't remember if you mentioned off mic or on mic, but let, let's go back to that 2019 draft. J- you know, Jarrett Culver uh, was the Wolves guy uh, high up in that draft. And I get that we're there. he's only, what, 19 years old, and there's still a lot to be played out here, but Whenever you're drafting a guy in today's NBA that either can't shoot or has a broken shot altogether and you have to spend the entire first two years reshaping his jumper, that's a problem. And it's such a tall task to say, all right, we like this guy's energy and work ethic, and we're going to fix his broken jump shot when guys like Tyler Hero are staring you in the face in the first round. So I just feel like I wanted to to give that pick a couple years to play out, and he is a good energy guy, and he can go grab you 10 rebounds and get to the rim and whatnot, but, like, if you can't shoot, you can't be a top five or six pick in the NBA in 2019-2021, and that's what boggles my mind.
2: Well, here's the instant comeback. Can Anthony Edwards shoot? Are you positive that Anthony Edwards has a jump shot? And I still think Anthony Edwards' future is incredibly bright because he is going to get to the free throw line more and more. I mean, that body, he's going to be able to absorb contact He'll continue to drive to the basket. I think he'll get some and one opportunities. I still think Anthony Edwards's future is really, really bright. But on Culver, like what? What is his NBA skill? Flip Saunders, the late Flip Saunders, always used to tell me when you draft a guy, he better have instantly one noticeable NBA skill. What is Jarrett Culver's NBA skill? Energy. Now, you want to say defense? It's it's energy. Energy. Okay, because I agree that that playing hard. Is actually a skill. Some people mm-hmm. will disagree on that. But I do think playing hard is an actual skill. So you could sell me on on playing hard. But is that really what you wanted when you moved up from pick 11 right. to pick 6? Look at Dario Saric. Now, none of us saw the pandemic coming. If Dario Saric hit the open market in a normal offseason, he probably gets more than three years, $27 million. But wouldn't you take Dario Saric right now? Now, he didn't want to be here, by the way. But I'm just saying... Dario Saric right now is this team's starting power forward, would not be the worst thing. But on Culver, I'll continue to say it. I would trade him while there is some value. I do think some team would say. I don't think he's nineteen, Phil. I mean, you know, he's not far off from that. But he's got to be at least twenty, right? I mean, he played two years at Texas Tech. He's now in his second year in the league. You're I don't right. think he's right. He's twenty. He's twenty-one. 30, he's
0: twenty-one. He's twenty-one. Yep. He's
2: still he's still young enough that I'm sure. All it takes is one team. That that one team would be willing to take him. But is Gerson willing to make that move right. and admit his mistake? That was that was a misevaluation. Now Gerson came in late in the process, but I can just tell you, like on Tyler Hero, Phil, they had him as a late first round pick. He was not in their mix at pick eleven. Remember, what? they moved up from eleven to six. They were not going to take Tyler Hero <laughs> at pick eleven. Brandon Clark, how good was Brandon Clark last night? The Wolves barely had Brandon Clark as a first-round pick. They looked at him. They said undersized four, short arms. He was older. I think he oh, got drafted at 23 problem. or 24 because he transferred to Gonzaga. They didn't have a healthy opinion of Brandon Clark. Their guys were, if, if they didn't end up with Culver, they loved Sekou Dumboya, who's shown a couple flashes in Detroit, but it looks like he has a ways to go. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who actually had a great game for New Orleans last night against the Clippers, he came out of Virginia Tech. He looks like he has a chance. He can shoot it a little bit. They really liked Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Those were their guys. I'm just telling you, Tyler Hero was not their guy. Brandon Clark was not their guy. Dude,
0: Tyler Hero scored like 40 points in a playoff game as a rookie. This is first-round
3: pick. More depressing, dudes. You're not <laughs> helping us at all. You're not even assisting us. I feel well, worse I mean, now is, than I did the at the end is, of the game last night. When you
2: look at roster makeup, roster management, yeah. Ricky Rubio is a negative, although I think you can trade his contract. Maybe not right now. Although Orlando could use a point guard. For so what, an old folks Houston home? needs a backup point guard. There are teams that need a point guard. But I don't know if you could trade him right now, but I think maybe after the season, as he's an expiring contract entering the, the following season, there might be a chance to, to trade Rubio. Expiring but seems a to be the value word right for Ricky now. Ed Rubio. Davis is a negative value. They gave up a draft pick <laughs> for Ed Davis when New York was going to buy him out. It was a second round pick, but nonetheless, the second round pick is still an asset. Ed Davis doesn't look like he can play. If he offers uh, leadership in the locker room, fine. But as but Ryan McGinnis, the former Suns DM, told me recently, normally a guy to lead has to show something on the court. Yeah, like if if you're Jared Vanderbilt, are you really listening to Ed Davis when he can't play? When you know you're a better player. Listen, than he is? He, he, here's Probably another thing. Not.
0: Here's another thing too. We, we talk about all right. You need leaders around, and I agree. Like having having leadership and infrastructure, that's important. Okay, but your star player is 25 years old. He's been in the NBA for a half a decade now, and he appears to be showing said leadership a lot more this year than in previous years.
2: He's and been so- great, Phil. I can't. I, I wish he, he hadn't gotten hurt, but Phil, Carl Anthony Towns has been has been a godsend. He is engaged on defense. Like I can't I can't speak highly enough of what I've seen so far from Cat.
3: He's playing though with one one hand, which is extremely impressive. But here's the thing. I'm not joking. Guys who go from passive to bleep this now and they're aggressive, the next step is if you can't fix this, then I'll go to a place where it can be fixed or it's in place. So, like, th- this is good to see. But if you're Gerson and Ryan and Glenn, you've got to find a way to get this fixed a- enough so that at least at the end of the day, yeah. Kat thinks that there's a chance to win. Cause step three is get me the hell out of here.
0: I just, I want to say something off that. Cause I, cause, cause I think some people are going to say, well, that's, you know, that's Judd, classic panic guy, like sounding the alarm, right? But I just want to say something on behalf of people in Doogie Year the same way who've watched this franchise and have, like, I have unnecessarily emotionally devoted myself to this team at times when it makes zero logical sense, and I would say that's probably the case for this season, too. If they screw up, after screwing up the KG era, and after screwing up whatever the Kevin Love era could have been, and if they screw up the Carl Anthony Towns era and he has to demand a trade next summer or the summer afterwards, you can pack it up for all I care. Like There's going to be a lot of fans that never come back if you botch the Carl Anthony Towns era. Because like, what are you hoping for then? You're hoping that they can draft another Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, when does the cycle end? So they need to figure this out with him while he's in his prime, and he's clearly ready to lead, and he's ready to be a dominant force in the NBA. And if you can't figure this out, you're going to lose whatever you have left of a fan base. So, like, they should be on high alert right now. End rant.
2: I agree. Now, what if Anthony Edwards turns into a, into a star, but it still gets to the point of Cat of eventually asking out? This goes back to, it was sometime in the summer. It was this very segment. It got picked up. It got aggregated by a bunch of national NBA sites where I volunteered information. Remember, I'm now paraphrasing because I need to go back and look at the text message, but there are people in the league that do believe it is going to get to that point where Cat does ask for a change of scenery. And I think those people foresaw a lot of this happening, that that the Wolves were not going to be good. I thought they were a 31-win team preseason. That seems aggressive at this point. I'm not even quite sure they will get to to 31. Glenn Taylor is on the record saying his expectation for this season is the playoffs. Jake Lehman said the same thing. There are others who maybe don't want to go on the record, But we'll tell you on background, the expectation is we are a top-ten team in the Western Conference. So if they're not, if it's another year of Carl Anthony Towns not sniffing the playoffs, yes, at some point, it is going to get to to the point of him saying, I can't win here. Look at all these other players, Anthony Davis, James Harden, go up and down the list, Jimmy Butler. I need to get the heck out of here.
3: Exactly. Dukes, why did uh, George – Peyton, who's had chances going back to, I think, 2012 uh, to leave the Vikes as Spielman's assistant GM. Why did he choose now to finally leave and take the a GM job in Denver yesterday?
2: My sense is it was now or never. That, that If he turned down Denver and if, if he didn't take the Denver job, I think it would have gotten to the point of Detroit making him an offer. So if he had turned down Denver and Detroit, I think this would have been it. That that come a year from now, NFL teams would have stopped just come coming knocking on his door. Now he could have waited it out here, thinking that maybe Rick ends up getting the boot, and, and he could have eventually become the, the Vikings GM. But at some point, he just needed to to do this. I mean, he's been overqualified for years. Like he was qualified to be a GM six years ago. So it was it was time. You know, he's got two kids that that are that are school aged. So I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision to to get them out of here. But with distance learning and all that, it's such a weird time anyway. He got a six-year contract. He'll be taken care of very well financially. You know, there's some protection with that contract because there's some uncertainty with, with the Broncos' ownership group. But he just feels like there's there's enough pieces in place there in Denver, even though I still think they they need a quarterback. But there's enough roster flexibility, enough draft capital where – where he can he can make a difference there and it was it was time for him to yeah. to make the jump. So, you know, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that I told you the sense was it was it was going to happen that that it was time and and you know, here we are that that he's off to to Denver. But I know this much, it's going to be a significant loss. I mean, most Vikings fans couldn't pick George out in a, in a police lineup, but just know this. He had his fingerprints on every decision going back many many years, a lot of the drafting of of pro bowlers they are going to miss George. Now the question becomes, does he take the, the college scouting director, Stevenson, with him? Does he take anybody else with him?
0: Yeah. So they gotta, they got to find a replacement for him a uh, big shoes to fill. Uh, where are we at with Gary Kubiak, from what you know?
2: Well, Mike Zimmer would love for Gary to come back. He knows that, that Gary loves to coach still, that, that the passion for coaching is still there, especially the, the play-calling aspect. You know, game day, being up in the booth, calling plays. My understanding is what really got to Gary was the coaching virtually that that not being in the building with guys on Mondays, the virtual off season that coaching guys like this, coaching guys through through the computer just wasn't gary's thing that that he really loves interacting with the guys, being physically in the same room, spending as much time as possible on the on the practice fields we don't know. What this off season will look like, right? Like, will we go back to the traditional OTAs and June minicamp? I don't know at this point. I think if if there was clarity on that, Gary might be more inclined to come back. I could still see Gary involved in some form or fashion. Maybe it's as as a senior consultant that he doesn't walk away completely, but that yeah, he ends up eventually just heading down to to his ranch in the in the Houston, Texas area and spending a lot of time down there. Mm-hmm.
3: The White Sox continue to improve their ball club dukes on, on a consistent basis, and the Minnesota Twins are doing fill in the blank.
2: By the way, the Liam Hendricks contract structure yeah. is super interesting. It's it's got it's got a different sport feel to it. We don't see contracts structured like that in Major League Baseball at all. I wonder if it'll start a trend where where it's like the fourth year is is some sort of option for fifteen million dollars, but If the White Sox don't pick up that option, they then owe him like a million and a half dollars over the course of like 10 or 11 years to get to the 15 million. So Liam is is guaranteed over 50 million dollars. He hit the jackpot. Good for him. Good dude. I remember him, you know, when he was when he was in the in the twin system in the twins clubhouse. So congratulations to him. I would never pay a reliever. My personal opinion, I would never pay a reliever that sort of money. But yeah, I mean, the White Sox continue to add. They're still looking to add. Like, I'm told they've, they've kicked the tires on, on Nelson Cruz. Now, I don't think they're to the point of making Nelson Cruz an offer. So, so nothing is imminent, but I don't think the White Sox are dumb. But I will say this on the Twins. I think it's, it's when not if. Like, this isn't the roster they're, they're, they're going to start the season with. Maybe it's after they get to spring training, whenever spring training starts. Like, we don't even know for sure if spring training will start in mid February, but, We've seen them make some additions during spring training going back the last couple of years, you know, like Marwin Gonzalez, others. They've signed guys in February, but they've also been active here in the in the month of January. Based on the dialogue they continue to have with a number of agents, you know, based on them having representation at Corey Kluber's showcase yesterday, they are going to start making some more offers. Like, we know they offered Charlie Morton. They offered a reliever, John Brevia, They clearly offered Hansel Robles who they ended up signing the former the former Angels reliever, former Mets reliever. But they're going to do more. They need a starting pitcher. They know that. They will add another reliever. They're still kicking the tires on, on middle infielders like I checked yesterday. You know, so this is fresh. This is less than 24 hours old. They are still showing interest in Marcus Semien. I know that they've maintained dialogue on on Michael Brantley. You know, they need some sort of contingency plan if if Nelly Cruz lands elsewhere. They still want Jake Odorizzi back. Maybe they're not as aggressive as as some other teams, but Jake is still out there. So we can talk about other teams being aggressive all we want. It's not like Jake has taken any any offer yet. So they still would like to to re-sign Odorizzi. So they are still being active enough on the phone enough where I think it's it's when not if that they actually make some some legitimate additions.
0: Right on, uh, Dukes. Let's empty the bag here. Rapid fire scoops to to close it out. What else you got for
2: us? I had a nice conversation yesterday with Niles Pinckney. He's the defensive tackle that that is transferring to the Gophers from Clemson. He was all ACC third team, but all ACC in 2019. Just a couple weeks ago, he had three tackles in Clemson's loss against Ohio State. That's a pretty good addition for the Gopher football team. He'll step right in and play a lot of snaps at defensive tackle. All of a sudden, Gophers football is transfer you. They picked up a good transfer wide receiver from Texas A&M. They picked up another defensive tackle from North Carolina State. They picked up a linebacker from from Abilene Christian. The 2021 Gophers should be pretty darn good. Of the guys on the field, now I'm sure PJ Fleck will continue to tell us it's a young football team, right? Because you have all these all these freshmen and freshmen he's like, yeah, they're all under 25 kids.
0: years old. They're super it's young. Year zero for them. Year zero. <laughs> but
2: all the guys on the field, like a lot of them, will have. Really good experience. Tanner Morgan, Chris Ottman-Bell. Sam Schluter is coming back for a sixth year. Connor Olsen is coming back for, for what, a a fifth or a sixth year. The whole offensive line, uber-experienced. These two defensive tackle transfers, uber-experienced. Coney Durr is coming back for his free year. He's played a ton of snaps at the cornerback position. Like, the guys that are going to be on the field later this year, when they open up in September against Ohio State, that should be a fun opening game. The Gopher football team will have all sorts of experience. The expectations should be very high this year for the Gopher football team. I will leave you with this. So the news came out, Declan, I saw that you tweeted about it. So Alex Stalock is on the NHL's COVID-19 list. So That's new news. The Wild haven't volunteered any information outside of he's out with an upper body injury. Mm-hmm. We find out from the NHL last night that he's on the COVID-19 list. I'll advance it now. I've been saying for weeks that, that I know that there's more to the, to the stay lock story. I'll say this much. They've been testing for for some heart issues. So like, think about there, there was a Red Sox pitcher uh, Rodriguez, Phil, maybe you yeah. remember the name, but one of the Red Sox pitchers missed the entire 2020 season, tested positive for COVID. A, a heart condition was found. The the goalie Judd just left the Rangers, went to the Washington capitals.
3: Lundquist. Lundquist. Out, right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's out with 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 a heart condition. I don't have all the particulars if 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 they've discovered something, if they're still if they're still doing a bunch of testing, but but that's my sense of what's going on with Staylock that that they're they're trying to figure out if if him testing positive for COVID, if there's also something going on with his heart. Yeah.
0: Man, that is uh what a year.
2: Yeah, I mean, we wish him all the best. I mean, I talked to Billy Garen the other day. Billy said there's not a, a more popular player in the locker room. And I think Billy was telling me the truth. Like, I think if you t- took a poll of, of wild players, they would tell you Alex Daylock, most popular guy in this room. So, yeah, forget the hockey part of it. Right. I just I hope Alex's yeah. health is okay. Yeah.
0: All right, That's awesome dudes. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. If you want uh, long form interviews and more inside information about Minnesota sports teams, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com. See you next week, Doogie. Thanks,
2: Dukes. I'll see you next week. I'll be back next week. So the wife bought nine of these last night. Powerball. Oh, wow. There we go. So, so you... nine. So the jackpot is like six hundred million, something like that. Would you believe? Of all these stinking tickets, <laughs> we didn't hit one freaking number. Not one. <laughs> Forget the Powerball. Gamb- My wife did not hit. Gambling's dangerous, one- man. God darn number of all these. Your wife I needs help. help. I love it. Mark needs help. We, here, man. we start
0: the conversation talking about wolves draft failures, and we come back around symbolically yep. to Wo- Doogie whiffing in the lottery. You, so.
3: You've got a bunch of Jarrett Culver tickets, my man. That's, right. That's what you got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See ya. Bye, Doogie. Thanks, dude. All right. Um, inside information. You guys? Are, do, you, do you guys buy Powerball tickets? Don, you buy lottery tickets Sometimes I, Very rarely. I always I never feel like do. it's just a waste of money. I yeah. never do. But Then well, again, like someone's going to get six hundred million dollars. I'm more of a poll tab guy than I am.
3: Drunk though, right?
4: No, not necessarily. I don't, buy, you know what? I
3: won't rule out that I've done it drunk, but yes. Uh, Gambling should. bores me. It just bores me. Oh. It just feels so random. You haven't found, you haven't found the right thing yeah. to gamble on. There's Golf. A lot of, well, I tried sports, but I sports is bad because I think that I know too much and I don't. So I get beat there. But like, I hate random games. They're just boring. I, slot machines. Yeah, it's just like, what's the point? I, I
0: find slot machines to be completely pointless because yes. you literally, it, it's, you're literally putting your money yeah. into but an like ATM Don machine can sit there and,
3: and and hit the slot machine thing now you know over and over and I'm See, just like what's why it this, looks so boring let's just go drink this
0: is why the the only the only form of gambling that I've ever really become attached to yeah. and I've and I have been I haven't played in a long time but poker and I used to be very good at it um, and I like it because you're not playing against a house with an advantage. Like, when you put your money on a blackjack skill, table, right? unless you're counting cards secretly and they're yeah. not catching you, you're losing money over the long run. Okay. You know, slot machines. Sorry, that that Ellen slot machine that you, you know, the, <laughs> the deal or no deal, oh, they're opening the briefcase. It's so much fun. Yeah, that go look around the Vegas Strip. Those buildings don't just go up by themselves, okay? People correct. are funding those through slot machines. But poker, you're playing other people. Blackjack. You take other people's money.
4: Blackjack correct? was a good, I, I was pretty good at back in the day. Um, and then... Putting bets on live golf tournaments mostly majors like you put like five like bets on like five different guys it yeah, makes, that, it makes the tournament a lot you know more what fun. that's a good point. because also yeah. like picking the winner like of a that. golf tournament is good. next to impossible too
3: yeah. so there's always a good payout
0: so it's a good I, sweat when you have like, when you have money on like matsuyama randomly right. and you're like exactly. I just wetting his par putt on I me. just
3: hate I just hate games I hate games that's
0: one of the weirdest Judisms so boring yeah, I, I get so
3: boring. I hate board games I hate, gambling. I do hate I games. Board games I hate games I just board I don't games. have time for it I Leave have, me I, alone. I'll I've, go take a nap. We've
0: dug into this before. I almost feel like there has to have been some, like, traumatizing shoots and you ladders event from your childhood. <laughs> no. Like, I did, just, boy, I don't have the patience like, did, for like, it. Did you choke on a, on a Monopoly piece when you were a kid, and now you're like, no,
3: I can't I just, you sit, th- you sit there, and you're supposed to, like, what are you doing? Let's just go watch TV. I mean, there's so many better things. I, I've had
4: numerous times where I've been with friends pre-COVID, where it's like, let's do a game night. And I'm like, I will gladly come over. I will drink your beverages. But I'm just going to sit here and watch yep. you guys and play Declan is What do right. you mean? And so I and yes. I'm enjoying myself yes. while doing that. This is
3: my sports son. Here's the, yes, Declan. You are so right. There is nothing stupider than than that. high school kid <laughs> than high school kids who are like, let's play quarters or college. No, wh- well, quarters is different. <laughs> no, no, know, just go drink. Quarters just, is go just or in college, just go drink. <laughs> St. Paul Central had a, had a really you good know, beer run with quarters. Beer pong, which came after my time, but beer pong. I I, I don't get beer I pong. Feel like beer
0: pong. I loved beer pong when I was in college. Now I look at beer pong if from like to different. the germaphobe lens, and I'm
3: like, oh, oh that's that so gross. Porters, yes.
4: flip cup, beer pong. Those would be actually I can get down with those. Those I can get down with. <laughs> and
3: that's why you had COVID. And
4: uh, maybe
0: <laughs> Phil Mackey, Judd Zulgad. They, they
4: live in the sewer. Yes, yeah. they
0: do, yes. and enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> they relish in yeah. it. Mackey and Jud, and the way they walk with their back end up in the air—that's yeah. just plain evil. <laughs> yeah. It's just gross. Speculation. Straight. Juicy rumors. Reckless speculation. It is a reckless speculation Thursday here on Mackie and Judd. And uh, as part of reckless speculation Thursday, we always bring our guy Doogie in for inside information about local sports teams. So, um, So that's always fun. But then we open the doors here because, listen, we are a show of the people. This is all about Minnesota sports community here. No idea is a dumb idea when it comes to potential trades. We love to just take your trade ideas and put them through the prism of who says no. And so we're going to dive into some who says no. Reckless speculation. Right after we shot out our friends at Corona. So Corona hard seltzer has been hydrating us since the beginning of football season. And now Corona has come in and said, now that football is really heating up, even though the purple are out. We're going to give you something and your listeners and your audience, something that they can potentially win uh, for uh, for the big game here. So the ultimate tailgate experience sweepstakes will award six winners with a Corona game day prize pack valued at over thirty five hundred dollars, including a 70 inch TV wireless surround system. Football furniture. That's right. Football. (laughs) Football furniture. Details, rules, and entry at gamedaywithcorona.com. Gamedaywithcorona.com if you want to win. you got to be 21 or over, live within a 40-mile radius of Minneapolis. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes subject to change. Enter by January 18th. Again, at gamedaywithcorona.com. Corona beers imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Relax, responsible. Reckless speculation. All right. So we brought this up sort of randomly on Purple Daily yesterday. So this one comes from us actually because I think it, it's worth we've we've slept on this. We've had a chance to to think about it a little bit more. This was very organic too. Yeah, it sort of came up in just a whimsical discussion it was not about in our Vikings notes or anything, Yeah, yep. Jalen Hurts. Okay, so who says no? And we're gonna start with Declan because he. It was basically Judd and I thought one thing, and Declan thought the other. Now that we've had a chance to sleep on it, who says no? Vikings, let's say the Vikings look around and they're like, all right, <sighs> Kirk Cousins just played really well in the second half of the season. He's definitely accurate, kind of a garbage time quarterback, but uh, he did have three game winning drives this year, and all those things are great. But ultimately, we just can't spend $30 million to the cap on a guy that's not mobile and that's not really elevating. And so let's go for a cheaper option and somebody who can maneuver around outside the pocket more. Who says no? Eagles or Vikings, now that the Eagles have essentially committed to Carson Wentz, the 14th overall pick for Jalen Hurts? Declan, we'll start with you.
4: So who says no to that is the Vikings. The Vikings say no to that. If you're asking me in the prism of if I'm putting myself in the Vikings' shoes and I'm Rick Spielman, they say no to that. I just don't see any situation where they trade a first-round pick and get with no second-round pick in your pocket for Jalen Hurts. I know he's cheap, and I know there's upside there, and I like him a lot, too. I just don't think there's any situation where the Vikings say yes to that trade,
3: Judd. Hold on a second here, because I agree completely with what Declan just said about what the Vikings say. But is the exercise yeah, correct? Uh, the Vikings or Declan. Or, or Judd Zol? I think we should incorporate or Declan Goff. I think we should make a habit of incorporating a little bit of both in this. Okay. Okay. Like I think. Two-faced. Well, we're going to Harvey Dent. disagree here. Okay. And Rick and I are going to fight about this. Because I do believe that the Vikings say no. Do I say no? Maybe. <laughs> I don't think I do. I think I say yes. I think I say bring on the young, cheap, controllable, not for, for, for five years because he was not a first-round pick, but for four years, um, a quarterback who fits the game. Now, I would have to go back and watch more tape here to confirm my beliefs that I'm talking about right now. Sure. But if we're talking about the outline of the quarterback that you want going into the future, Jalen Hurts comes very close to at least fulfilling a large part of of that mold. Uh, And if I decide that he could be developed into my guy to replace Kirk, I say yes.
0: Is he now your guy, Jalen Hurts?
3: If I I watch enough film, if I break down the film and I decide that he is my guy, like there's potential here. There is potential, so I do. I do not just dismiss the phone call that I got from Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um,
0: all right, uh, if I don't think the Vikings say no to this, I don't think I. I oh. I'm not as
1: because
0: hmm. I don't think the Vikings are super married to Kirk. I think they enjoy the relationship. It's a comfortable relationship, but. You know, part of this is listen. Jalen Hurts makes six hundred thousand dollars a year. Kirk to the cap makes thirty one million going into two thousand twenty one. Obviously, you'd have to find a way to move Kirk to like San Francisco for a draft pick or some other team that would need him to really clear out some money. And you still have to. I think even with a trade, you'd have to eat some. There's some dead cap there. You'd have to eat some of it. So you're not going to clear out like thirty million dollars. Um, but it's tantalizing if you're talking about a guy who's still moldable, who's mobile and who's also young enough to maybe be a franchise quarterback if he pans out for like 10 years. So I don't think the Vikings would just immediately laugh and hang up there. Personally, I am even more likely to say yes to this because if you can solve your quarterback for the next five to six years or even longer, and for at least the next few years, that quarterback makes almost no money, and now I can go get my left guard in free agency. I can go spend some money on a defensive lineman or an experienced cornerback. It just allows you to build your roster in in much easier ways than when a non-elite quarterback like Kirk Cousins is making so much money to the cap. The hesitation I would have, and I was going back and forth with some people on Twitter about this last night who listened to Purple Daily yesterday, Apple, Spotify, Scornark.com, and YouTube. And we appreciate them all. You want to check those uh, mm-hmm. Vikings conversations out. Accuracy is still currency at quarterback. Like you can't just, you can't just, like Tim Tebow was mobile, And literally couldn't hit the broadside. And the motion was absolutely terrible. Yeah. So, like, I'm willing to sacrifice some accuracy for mobility because I think it opens up a world of improvisational plays. You know, that I keep going back to that play that Josh Allen made in the second half. Tight playoff game. He's rolling to his right not because it's a designed bootleg, but he's rolling to his right like in the shadow of his own end zone because he's being flushed out due to offensive line failure. Mm -hmm. Sound familiar, Vikings fans? And he's he's on a dead sprint to his right off one leg, and he throws a ball 45 yards in the air down the field for a completion Mm -hmm. that shifts the field entirely. Like, yes, Kirk can get outside the pocket on designed bootlegs in those situations, but it's easier to find, in my mind, a mobile quarterback with some arm skills in today's college climate and NFL than it is to find five great pass-blocking offensive linemen. So so you have to consider it. And the, and the biggest question would be accuracy with Jalen Hurts. If you pull up Pro Football Focus, Jalen Hurts ranked
3: 42nd among quarterbacks in accuracy percentage last year. But he was a rookie, and, and I guess my question is, can that be worked on to get it to a place where, let's say, it's 20th? and and Kirk Cousins was uh, seventh on this list,
0: Josh Allen in college and in the NFL right. never completed 60% of his passes until this year, and he was like 70%. So he put in the work, had the right coaches around him, which is probably another question, and he took a big jump in year three accuracy-wise. So I wouldn't rule it out for Jalen Hurts, and it would be very intriguing. So I would do
3: this if I were the Vikings. Any final thoughts on this? My... Final thought is this, you, if you are the Vikings and, and best case Kirk is probably going to be your starting quarterback for one, perhaps at the rate we're going two more years, you have to be prepared for what the future is going to bring. And the future is not going to bring the next Kirk. So like, you're not going to just say we had Kirk and let's just go find the next Kirk. Like we could talk about Kirk's attributes and, and certainly the fact that at his zenith, he can be a successful quarterback. But the reality is the game is changing and shifting. And you have to change with that or you're going to basically, as a franchise, QB-wise, perish. Yeah. So that's why the Hertz uh, conversation and that's why the conversation about what is going to be the or what is now in progress. The next wave of quarterbacks intrigues me because I guess my question is, do the Vikings understand the direction of QB play? An answer I don't know the answer to at this point. And second of all, can they address it successfully? And a guy like Jalen Hurts would at least be a step towards trying to address it.
0: Uh, Worth noting, in 2018, when they were both rookies, I believe, the worst, in terms of quarterbacks that played regular playing time, the worst accuracy quarterbacks in the NFL were Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Now, Lamar Jackson is still kind of middle-of-the-road accuracy. He's not, a, he's, not a, he's not a really accurate quarterback, but he's so great with his legs and he can still make plays. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, year three now, sixth in the NFL, right behind Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in accuracy percentage, and just ahead of Kirk Cousins. So
3: so it can be developed to some i got a question for you, you guys. How important is it to you guys personally that the Vikings are as successful as possible next year? Less important than them winning a Super Bowl in three years, Dex. Say it again. How, how important is it to you that the 2021 Vikings are as successful as possible, like address needs in, immediately in this upcoming season, and then in 21 have as much success as possible, as opposed to trying to look down the road and make moves that are actually going to make you potentially a championship caliber club in 2023, let's say, or 24.
4: Well, I'd. I'd rather go all in in 2021 than than continue to kick the can down the road of well maybe in 2023 because like I despise the mindset of that like I feel like the twins are perpetually always in that leaping mindset and I'd rather have the Vikings put the resources in trying to be really really good in 2021 especially with the NFC being completely wide open
3: okay
0: yeah I th- I just think they're gonna be better in 2021 for sure I mean especially if Daniel Hunter comes back like they're gonna be better in 2021. I just I just wonder how much better and where is the glass ceiling with your current setup. Like at some point you got to take the training wheels off the offense whether it's getting a more dynamic quarterback or just calling more a more dynamic right play set like you can't run the ball 60% of the time
3: in the first quarter. It's just you you got to take the training wheels off at some point if you want to win a Super Bowl. And I think the problem is that the head coach of the team doesn't trust the quarterback enough to take that to take those training wheels off and that becomes a problem and here's the thing too in zim's world the the more that you process this in mike's world if you could give mike a quarterback like let's forget names but let's just go with skill set right for a guy that loves to run and run and ground you know ground and pound wouldn't a mobile athletic qb who could run make more sense I mean, maybe. He's, like, it's a pocket. Like, you've got a pocket passer who hands off like it is Bradshaw to Franco. See, I, I just want so, one point of clarification. When
0: I talk about mobile quarterbacks, I don't necessarily mean like I need that guy to run for 90 yards a game. Is it nice when Lamar Jackson runs for 900? Yes. I'm more interested in that guy using his mobility to stay behind the line of scrimmage to make big plays down the field sure, but and keep a, keep
3: pass plays alive. But if. if your line's not going to be as good as possible, which it appears is often the case with the Vikings. It is nice to have the option that if the guy has to bail out, he doesn't look lost like he's not chugging down the field I, I, kinda, like, I kinda like I kind of like watching Mobile Kirk. I got 10 yards. Yes, I got I 10 yards. I can't
0: stand watching that. Hold on. Kirk was a lot better in that area this year, but, you know.
3: Yeah, the- but Declan's right. <laughs> it, it looks like a freaking truck going down a hill with no brakes. It was, it was kind of funny to watch.
0: Reckless speculation. All right, this one is from Joe on Twitter, okay? So this is another quarterback-related question here. It's, Kirk is fine, but Deshaun Watson is unhappy and would like to be traded. And we saw the Miami report last weekend. We haven't seen anything Vikings related, and I don't expect to. But Joe on Twitter says, if Houston says, all right, we'll talk Deshaun Watson with you guys. But the conversation has to include not only this year's first round pick, but Justin Jefferson.
4: Oh, I I can't do that would you Just hang my, up my immediate gut is yeah I so think,
0: so I, the core that. of the deal would be you get Deshaun Watson <laughs> oh, you get Deshaun Watson I love this question but you got to give up your first round pick and you got to give up Justin Jefferson I don't, to make it happen
3: I as bad as I want to do the trade because I want Deshaun I don't I don't think I, I can't do it I don't think I can do it I'm with Declan on this one it's I like, d- I can't It's
4: like here's an ice cream cone but I'm going to cut off your arms and you can't grab it <laughs>
3: Well, and then if I trade because if I trade JJ, i <laughs> J, I've got Thielen and Deshaun. Oh, I, I I'm just d-
4: staring at an ice cream cone for no reason.
3: That's so tough.
0: Like I would, I would oh. rather just use the 14th pick love and it. draft a young quarterback for the future that yeah. I can have grow with Justin Jefferson. I don't think I can do it. There, like it's a, I love the question. If yeah, it was Dani- if it's Daniil Hunter, yeah, let's do oh. it. let's do oh, it. Oh, all in. Yes. I don't know, man. This is so hard because if you get, it's my opinion that Deshaun Watson is just stuck in one of the most incompetent franchises in the NFL right now and that's why they went 4 and 12 that team completely quit you're seeing all these former Houston players now Andre Johnson like these guys yeah. are coming out and just crapping on the organization and so i know that they only went 4 and 12 with with highly paid Deshaun Watson but i think he's one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league and if you put him in just a better situation i think you're talking about a super bowl contender and the
3: vikings sort of fit that
0: but then you'd be taking
3: out uh, Justin Jefferson. I know. I yeah, I know. I
0: know. Sorry, and, but but are we are we? And Justin Jefferson's so great. But like, if this was a different team, let's do this exercise with a different team. You know, pick another star young receiver. Um, trying to think of like DeAndre Hopkins is too like Claypool. old. Claypool, Chase Claypool, or like Devontae Let's say Aaron Rodgers was washed what? or something, and they're looking for their next quarterback. And you, but you got to trade Devontae Adams and a first round pick to get the successor to Aaron Rodgers the next 10 year guy. See, I, I see. on behalf of them I'd be like, "Oh yeah, just get Deshaun and figure out who your next Devonte Adams is." So why can't we get there mentally with because the Because Jefferson's
3: a kid, man, and he was incredible in his first year and there's so much upside there. And plus, he's cheap for 5 years. Yeah, like, but the he's, contract he's, is great.
0: But but he's I mean, he's I, great, I, but he's not as influential on wins and losses as a quarterback as a as a top 3 com- or top 4 quarterback. My comeback
3: is. would be Take Hunter just take Deniel, okay? You, you want this other Hall of Famer? Just take Deniel. We'll give you another Hall of Famer. <laughs> take Deniel. Take my first round pick. <laughs> it's a heist, but I'm not going to give up JJ. I right. can't do that.
0: Reckless speculation. All right, Declan, your wild trade proposal.
4: Oh, yes. So this was with uh, Judd and I last night. Actually, we were going to kick this around. Um, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago on Judd's Hockey Show, and we, we didn't have time for it. However, so uh, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who is a center with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Forty nine points last year in seventy games, 61 points two seasons ago, a dynamic young center, twenty two years old. He just signed a bridge deal in Columbus, but he is open that he is unhappy there. He doesn't like he signed it because he obviously wants to get paid, but he's unhappy in Columbus. And rightfully so it's is he
0: unhappy because Columbus. he's living in the Midwest and his name is Luke. What he won't say. So he, well he won't no, no say his agent, his agent did say he does
4: want to go to a bigger market. That is on the record.
0: Well, I mean, Minneapolis and St. Paul is bigger, is than, bigger Columbus. than Columbus, so you could live in Minneapolis.
4: So this would su- this would suffice your number one center problem that has plagued you for the entire franchise's history. Would you trade Pierre Luc Dubois for Matt Dumba and one of Minnesota Wild's one of the Minnesota Wild's first round picks for next year? Because remember, they have two for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So Pierre Luc Dubois again. I want that Penguins pick, by the way. Yeah, I know. I think they're going to be bad. They did not look good against um, Philadelphia. Pierre Luc Dubois, basically a fifty to sixty point center, and he's like twenty two years old. Matt Dumba, who makes six million per and is a dynamic defenseman, but he's Paul, getting a little older now. He's right? getting a little older. He has one year remaining after this year of his deal, and also you're probably going to have to expose him in the French in the in the expansion draft to Seattle.
0: In general, I I go by sort of my same philosophy with the Justin Jefferson, Deshaun Watson thing. You need a franchise quarterback or you can't win a Super Bowl most of the time, like 90% of the time, right? In football, you need that. In basketball, you need that one-star player. In baseball, you need that ace-caliber pitcher, right? And in hockey, you need a star center. Yep. So well, yeah, but what about this defenseman? Or what about this wide receiver? Like, well, that's great. But do you have the thing that almost every single championship team has? And if the answer is no, then you should get that first and then worry about the defenseman hole later. So I would do this.
3: Yes. If this kid is as good as he is supposed to be, which was the uh, what third pick overall in yeah, 2016, he high, high pick. Uh, and he's not just necessarily going to be uh, consistently high maintenance, and just wants out of Columbus, but this is not going to be a problem in like a year or two in uh, Minnesota. This is the exact type of trade that I do make. Um, It's tough to make, but Dumba is an asset, and I like him a lot. But if you can fill the pivot on the top line, that is absolutely imperative. And I, I don't think that the Wild is going to make any type of playoff run or be a consistent playoff team until they do. Yeah. This is this is the decks the type of impact trade that the wild I think needs to make and is trying to make and plus this this is a position where guys often don't get dealt so it's not like hey there, there's a list of five guys out there who we we could go to get uh, to fill our top line this is a, a rarity you've got a kid who's still a kid not happy. It's a tough trade to make, but I, this is, yes, I make this trade.
0: Is it also fair to say, okay, this is my amateur hockey evaluator uh, mind here. When it comes to centers, that position is so predicated on quickness and speed and and agility. Like th- Those skill sets tend to erode once you get closer to 29, 30, 31. And so if you can get a center, a top-line center that's like 22 to 26, and hit that sweet spot for age and quickness and speed, you should do that. And if, if it means giving up a, a younger defenseman, um, it sucks. But like defensemen tend to age a little bit more gracefully. And that, like, like Ryan Souter's in his mid 30s. Yeah. And he's still good. Yeah. Like you can just kind of go find veteran defensemen for who are 32, 33, 34 years old sometimes and fill holes that way. But you're not just going to go find like a 33 year old top line center. Those guys don't really exist. And the blue line for the wild is the deepest in the NHL. Like I
4: think you can make a case they have the deepest defensive core in the NHL.
3: The problem is Virgin. The problem is Shooter. that what Dumba brings though is a rare an use. offensive skill set, which is hard to find. So, so like that does go. So like so like defensive defensemen age gracefully. Guys that can move the puck and score uh, probably don't age as gracefully. But if you are if you're the Wild and you're Bill Guerin and you're saying. Our roster here should pop within, let's say, two years, okay? You've got to fill this. Yeah. I, like, you have to. It's not a, hey, Nick Bukestad worked out. Ain't it grand?
0: So, yeah, it's this be, is it's a trade be a, I make. It's got to be a 21, 22-year-old. It's a trade
3: that I make. Look at us. just Reckless Speculation.
0: Oh, All right, that's Reckless Speculation Thursday here. If you have any sort of harebrained, wild trade ideas that you would like us to uh, entertain on the show... You can always just tweet us at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Dex's tweets. And speaking of tweets, the other thing we do on Thursdays. Oh, oh,
3: yeah. Oh, boy. Declan has been waiting for this for four days.
0: We go back and we look at 10 plus years of Twitter archives, old tweets exposed on Mackey and Judd. Nobody is safe from Declan's Twitter searches throughout the year. So, what do you got this week? So, Declan? this is
4: a Buffalo Bills, Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen related edition of uh, I, old I don't know what you're talking about exposed oh boy so let's start with Phil mm. March 16th 2020 yeah, look
0: at all the likes on that too
4: by the way engagement yeah liked by and where I see what by the way digs will still be frustrated in Buffalo so
0: <laughs> so so this tweet I sent this tweet out March 16th 2020 oh some cocktails too yeah, nine forty-seven. Cocktails in play for sure. Yeah, A couple of claws. Um, I'm trying to think. When did <laughs> right he, around the pandemic? When
3: did he get traded? Like this day? He got traded on that day. Like he right, must have been. Like right around there. Yeah, he must have been. Yeah. Okay. Been. Yeah, he tweeted that that morning, I believe. Yeah. Okay. That it's time to go, and then by that night he had been traded to Buffalo. Right. Cryptic. So yeah. Cryptic
0: digs. So tweets. March sixteenth. So yeah, I said. By the way, Digs will still be frustrated in Buffalo. A couple, so a couple of mixed drinks. And
4: then. Uh, December 19, 2020, I was hacked.
0: That's because this tweet got picked up by, by freezing tweet. freezing cold tapes. Congratulations on that. And I just like. a job, man. So go down to that, the I was hacked again. So that yeah. was December 19th. 19th. So I, I picked up my phone on December 19th and I had all these people like Bills fans like chirping me. Classic. And I was like, what? Did I, did I, get, did I get drunk and tweet something last night? No, I got drunk that's... on March 16th and tweeted something. I that fear every weekend, and
3: so uh, it got picked up. I hate that it feeling. got picked
0: up too on Instagram, and so I got a bunch of Bills fans like popping into my Instagram now too. And they
3: are drunk, man. Oh yeah, they're drunk. You might not have been drunk, but they're drunk.
0: Yeah, hey, listen, I didn't say when he was going to get frustrated in Buffalo. Okay, it's a great start. Yeah, that like tweet which okay. was
3: not more aggressive.
0: <laughs> like that's not you know. I'm, I get that one. That's one of the most incorrect possible tweets you can well, concoct right, Stefan Diggs 16th, is very, very happy On March 16th, it made sense. I would say Stefan Diggs is maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL now because yep. of going to Buffalo. And I'm defending you because I got a bad feeling about mine.
4: This was a uh, reply to a column, which I'll scroll up here in a little bit for your context, Judd. I'm very curious to see how this works. Although I heard Diggs was far more upset with how the Vikings ran their offense than he was with Cousins. What happens to when Diggs gets to those Buffalo home games when he's throwing, when throwing the ball is difficult. <laughs> I didn't rip Josh or... Allen.
3: I forgot. I didn't rip Josh Allen. I look like a genius. N- Never mind. No,
0: you did. You said it's going to be hard to throw the ball right. in Buffalo. What happens the to when Diggs gets <laughs> those Buffalo weather. home games oh, when throwing my the God, ball I'm... is difficult. Oh man, I so feel it was good about myself. in a
4: response to a, well, that's a great picture of Diggs. Uh, Bills quarterback on Stefan Diggs. I think he's had a bad rap Yeah, that's Josh Allen, yep. And then Judd kind of ripped Josh Allen for not studying up on the situation. Oh,
3: that's worse. Okay, that's bad. It was really
0: tough to throw the ball in Buffalo. They threw for 386 yeah. <laughs> at home against Seattle, 377 <laughs> at home against the Dolphins in January. Well, you know what? It
3: should have been 400 plus. <laughs> they threw for
0: 301 at home in oh, January same... against the vaunted Colts defense that's a terrible in the playoff game. game. That's a terrible
3: game. So hard to terrible throw. Terrible game, I told you. I told you. Whoops! Yeah, you can buzz me a couple times. All right, all right, Dex. Self-reporting. I'm not alone.
4: So when the Buffalo Bills drafted Jake Fromm out of Georgia with the third round pick, (laughs) I said, "Well, now Diggs will be happy." Oh God. So, uh, well, what round did they draft him in? I think well, 167. So that might have been actually like uh, the
0: fifth or sixth round. Fifth or sixth. So the Bills. Hold on a second. Okay, so so this is funny. The Bills. There's no way they would have drafted. They, like, they will not draft a quarterback. Let's say they hadn't drafted Jake Fromm. There's no way they'd draft a quarterback this year because Josh Allen broke out and became a Borland MVP. So even the bills were kind of hedging on Josh Allen last year's well, draft by be, saying, yeah. well, he's okay, but he can't really complete a pass accurately. So let's just let's bring Jake Fromm State Farm in here and maybe push him during training camp. That's interesting. I no, interesting So, yeah, now, now that... Now that their backup quarterback is here, Diggs is going to be yeah, thrilled. Now, now there, Diggs definitely. will be happy.
3: Nice job. Yeah we, yeah, we all cleaned up on those tweets, didn't we? Yikes. Old tweets exposed. <laughs> a, lot of,
0: a lot of carnage out there on the internet. We should, we should maybe um, – we could probably do some Aaron Rodgers is cooked at some point if he plays well this weekend. I don't know if I said that, but that was a thing here. So, like Collar was pushing that, was that for Collar. a while. I, I don't think I, we I jumped on for that, that one.
4: Two weeks ago, because
3: I, I was looking yeah. for that as well. I couldn't find much from either of you. No, I think Collar was the one that said it more. And I I don't think that, that we fought him, but I also don't think that we jumped on the bandwagon.
4: Yeah, I, I did a pretty deep search for that two weeks ago, and okay. I really couldn't find any.
3: I'm sure there's much more that you can find. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I respect the throne. It, it's kind of Actually, nice. Actually, you know throne. what you're close to, Dex? Gerson Rosas praise yes. tweets from us. It, it's nice with the— You're like, very close to being able to be like, Jared Culver's for sure going to be a star now. Right it's kind of
4: nice now because we have like topical things that we can go back to so there's always something we can find grand. and no one's
0: safe so those are old tweets exposed here and that is a wrap on today's episode tomorrow action movie rewind oh I watched it last night I did too Terminator I did too I'll be back Sarah Connor an Arnold Schwarzenegger classic some of the best dialogue you'll find cinematically
3: in movie history
4: and a Hamilton man
0: Oh, that
3: her There's hair. That's a good
4: scene. Yeah. God, the
3: hair in that film is great. Yeah,
4: I, I have a takeaway that I can't wait to bring to the show. <laughs> I'm on sure. AMR. I'm sure
3: it has to do with lots of hairspray and uh... yeah, hairspray. Yeah, yep. that's exactly yeah, what. Yeah, hairspray
4: and and the neck down hairspray. Yep, that's totally it. Yep. So
0: yeah, uh, totally right, Linda Hamilton takes tomorrow on action movie rewind. <laughs> See you guys. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to two hundred dollars off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Tread. Accessories like non slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.